0: Farscape Friday, episode 53. I'm Kay here with my co-host Taz. Hello. Today we'll be discussing the ninth episode of season three, Losing Time. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of losing time. As the crew wanders through space looking for wormholes, they come across an energy field that turns out to be a colony of energy beings. One of the crew gets possessed, and an energy police officer possesses pilot in order to get the diseased rider back. The crew now has to root out the fake in their midst while trying to make the ship function without pilot.
1: Losing Time is a reprise of the alien possession trope, which we've seen before in A Bug's Life in season one. This time, however, it feels quite different because we have this crew split now into two parts. So here on Moya, we only have John, Dargo, Chiana, and Jewel along with Pilot, and obviously Moya. And the four of them have a very different dynamic than what we saw in season one with the crew that also included Zan and Aaron at the time. And there's also a much more jaded feeling from from them that you get because they're like oh my god we have to deal with another possession <laughs> and the tone of it really kind of reminded me of season two's beware of dog episode which we kind of talked about as being a little bit domestic while they deal with a problem and it kind of has that feeling here too where it's just the crew they're doing their thing and they're kind of sniping at each other while they do it
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i mean shockingly first doesn't do that many like bottle episodes do you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is hilarious considering that they're on a spaceship that doesn't really. And it it takes so long to travel between places. And so this kind of had that same feeling for me, too, where it doesn't, even though technically it's not a bottle episode because there are scenes that occur outside, which we'll get into. It just also had that same feeling of like everything is contained within within the ship you cited beware of dog i would also almost name they've got a secret in this Mm. yeah that's another one that feels like yeah yeah just essentially episodes that occur on the ship with high but low stakes i don't know if that makes sense
1: yeah i mean they're still like threatened by like bodily harm and you know the the police rider or energy being is not the best yeah best police officer he's kind of you know turns into a problem at the end and so yeah there's there's physical harm there's threats to moya there's a big threat to pilot who is po- one of the possesses and at the same time though it's not like scorpius is chasing them and going to be torturing john and big things are going to happen and explosions it's very small scale so yeah it feels like low stakes because we know at the end of the day they're probably all going to be fine Mm -hmm. But there's still, you know, that internal the characters don't know that they're all going to be fine, even though you kind of get the feeling because this is what one of the things I loved about it was they're so jaded and they're just like, oh, my God, we have to deal with something else right now. I just wanted to go to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I mean, just the beginning of this episode is great. And then Dargo has some great one liners. It's a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed this episode. I had no memory of it. It was a complete surprise to me, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remembered parts of it, but like you said, it's, it was, it was just a fun episode. I thought it was very solid and I just really enjoyed watching it. It was a good episode.
0: Yeah. So let's get started. The episode opens on John, and at first we think it's Harvey, but we're not sure. And it's like the the fish cam, kind of like right in front of their face as they're like spinning around, and you know that whole thing where like the face is slightly bigger. And it's it was really interesting. So they're kind of spinning and they're wandering around Moya, and they get to the maintenance bay or Zan's lab somewhere. And I think it goes
1: the maintenance bay.
0: Yeah, and there's a door there and John opens it and inside is a wormhole and Harvey or Scorpius is like is like oh I found it you know and then it turns out it actually is Scorpius because he wakes up because Bracca has you know is pinging him and it turns out that he is inside John's memories that he stole from the end of season two and so it's it's an interesting beginning because we're so used to Harvey at this point that the automatically assumption is like, oh, it's Harvey. And then it turns out it's not. It turns out that mm-hmm. this is the inverse of Harvey because it's John inside Scorpius head.
1: Yeah, it's from the neural chip. And, and the John that we saw at the beginning is the neural clone that is now mapped onto the chip. Mm -hmm. I love that it's kind of a reversal. And the other thing I noticed that threw me off at first was John is wearing the black t-shirt and the vest from season two that he was wearing all the time. And that, in fact, Talon John is now wearing Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: Moya John changed into the green gray shirt. So it was like a little disorienting of like, where are we? Did he come back? You know, and I think it's meant to be disorienting because that's a really great reveal that it's now Scorpius who is in the position that John was in, Mm -hmm. though in a little bit more control.
0: yeah. Yeah, because technically Scorpius has control over what he's doing in the mem in the memory dream, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what Braca has woken him to tell him is that they've done it, and outside Scorpius's window is a wormhole. Dun mm-hmm. dun dun. <laughs> yes.
1: So yeah, so that's one of the kind of the neat things about this episode is we get we start to see Scorpius in his own environment in control. He is at a research facility of some place in deep space. So we're we're starting to see more about what Scorpius is up to and what he's doing and why he wants the wormhole information. And at the same time, we go back to Moya, where John is also looking for wormholes. He hasn't found one yet, but he's on command of Moya. He's looking at variances, kind of the same situation that in space that was coming up before the Pathfinder episode. Wait for the wheel. Self-inflicted wounds. The, that that du- that duo. Apparently they've been out there for over ten solar days, just mm-hmm. staring at space. And John's like, "But it could be a wormhole," and everyone else is like, "It's time to go, dude." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's again that feeling of just being tired and jaded and so done with everybody's shit. Well, and what's
0: great is that you have both Chiana and Jewel on the same page about wanting to leave. That's really it. It's really good. So as soon as everybody leaves command, pilot's like, oh, hey, we're going to go through an energy storm right now. And they go through an energy storm. And at first it's just like, whoa, just shook up the ship. But then John sees this like kite like carpet thing. And I want to point out that I don't know if Legend of Korra stole this from Farscape or what, but it looks exactly like the villain <laughs> from season two, season three. Yeah, season two, two of Legend of I Korra. Think. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But so it's like this energy thing. And then John is like floating and he's bleeding. So and then it cuts to the credit.
1: And then this is where, of course, things start getting weird for our intrepid travelers on Moya. John wakes up in a pool of blood and then he freaks out. Understandably, I'd freak out, too. It was a lot of blood on that floor. He was not wrong to freak out about it. And he goes and he ends up finding Shiana and she's like, you're not cut. and hmm. And then he's like, well, what happened? Something happened here. We can't explain it. So John runs to Chiana and he like drags
0: her to where the pool of blood was. Mm. But a DRD has already cleaned it.
1: He thinks a DRD has already cleaned it.
0: Right? Yeah. No, I think a DRD does clean it because I think that then later he's like trying to find a trace mm-hmm. of it in in there. Because I don't know how else it would disappear. Because okay. I think that I think that the blood actually was there. Okay. But it was just that either they lost the time... They, like, lost time and then the DRD cleaned yeah, it. Yeah, I was
1: unclear if he actually found it in the DRD or not, like, when he opened up the DRD and was searching through its circuits. Like, mm-hmm. it, feel, it felt like it came up clean instead of with the blood. Yeah,
0: I think it did. Okay, so
1: there's another time jump?
0: I think it was either another time jump or it just did vaporize it. Okay. Because he, he says that the way that, I think, I guess uh, the way that DRDs deal with trash is that they vaporize them. Okay, I missed that. Anyway, so Chiana's there, and it's. I think that one of the things I really like about this moment was it's a very straightforward episode, except that there's a lot of interpersonal moments that really sweetened the pot for me that really made this like from just a like oh okay that was an episode of tv to like oh okay i'm really enjoying this episode and one of those is when john comes in and he's like this is where the giant pool of blood was but the drd has already cleaned it up and so he's like staring at it and shayana's like what am i supposed to be looking at and john is just like laying on the floor (laughs) and his like face is like right on the floor like looking for any trace of blood and she just like puts her hand really gently on his back Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it goes almost beyond their, like, their brother, sister, na nah, na nah, like, like, I'm going to tease you and we're going to pick at each other dynamic. It goes into, like, just this very sensitive territory where she's, like, got her hand on her back and she's, like, patting him and she's, like, you know, you haven't slept in, like, 10 days. I think you need to go take a nap and I think you need to take a shower and, you know, and it comes from a place of empathy. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, taking care of him because he's her friend. Yeah, and that was definitely among my favorite things about this episode and why I think I enjoyed watching it so much was all those interpersonal moments Mm -hmm. that we get like that. So John ends up in the maintenance bay and he's trying to convince them to watch him because he's convinced that something wrong is going wrong with him. And I want to play this clip because it gets back at John's insecurities that are going on through his head at the moment.
2: I am bleeding and I have no wounds, so I'm either St. John of the Uncharted Territories or there's something very, very wrong with me. What would you like us to do? I want all of you to watch me in case I have another episode of Bleed, whatever you want to call it. I'm sorry. As much fun as that sounds, I don't think so. Pip, stop, okay? Look, I thought that I was the real me and that that other guy, the guy on Talon, that he's the clone, but I'm starting to think maybe I'm the photocopy. Crichton, this has nothing to do with the split. Just sleep. You'll be fine. No. I'm not imagining this. Watch me. Please. All right, John. Sit down. In fact, ah! Girls, we will all oh, sit man. down and watch, John. Off we go. What if I have to piss? Well, then, we will all urinate together. You promise?
1: Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, you know how we usually say that Rigel gets the best lines? I think in this episode, Dargo gets the best
0: lines. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. (laughs) Then we will all urinate together. (laughs) Okay, on the scale
1: of Dargo's plans of let's cut off our pinky finger. (laughs) Yes. This isn't quite a plan yet, but there's many instances later on that we come back to that. That, yeah, we're just going to do this together and we're going to stay together and we're going to watch John together because he wants us to.
0: Oh, man. It's so good. And I I, I have to admit that when Dark is like, okay, we'll watch you, John, and then the girls start to leave and he, like, gets in front of them and he's like, uh-uh, we're all doing this together. <laughs>
1: oh, man. It's good. Yeah. And just the tone of his voice and, you know, he's like, girls, and, you know, it's just like this whole... That's what I mean about like the domestic feeling about it. It feels very much like family, like, no, you guys are going to be if I'm stuck doing this, you're stuck doing mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And so what happens at, at then is they sit and they watch John and that plinking you heard in the middle of the clip was there's a leak somewhere and water is dripping. And so they put a basin to catch it. And at one point, Jewel and Shiana are finally sick of waiting and Shiana gets up and slips in the water because suddenly the water has filled and is overflowing onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that. They had just set it out before. So like, oh my God, what happened? And John being clever, John has set up a DRD, the same one I think that he used, or he took apart to see if it had taken up all the blood to record it. Mm-hmm. And then they see that they did indeed lose time. they They spasmed. And mm-hmm. then they collapsed, and then a lot of time passed, and then they woke up again and didn't realize any time had passed. I
0: actually want to go back for just a quick second, because there was something in that clip that stuck out to me both times I was listening to it, and that was the the fact that John thinks that the fact that he's bleeding has something to do with him being the clone. Mm.
1: Yeah, good. I did want to mention that too, and I forgot. <laughs>
0: God. I, I don't know. I think I want to go back to the fact that John has spent so like the past – couple of seasons, like first season, he just kind of felt like I'm in this weird place and he kind of felt like he was actually going crazy. And then second season when he's seeing Harvey and he actually is being driven towards insanity and then being taken over. And then this season, we're kind of struck with like this whole different tone where it's it's just it's interesting to me that what he's struggling with is still the who am I? Who's that other guy? You know, how does that work for me to have somebody Out there living my life, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. worrying about
1: not being the real him. Yeah. Because as you said, he's had these identity crises, especially with season two. And now he has to face the fact that he feels like he might not be actually himself anymore ever again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he's the clone.
0: Yeah. And so what's interesting to me is that in this episode, they have him looking for wormholes and then I kind of want to draw that back because if he thinks like okay I'm me that other guy's a fake then there's kind of two options of what he could do he could spend the entire time looking for Aaron and trying to get like what he considers his like his essentially his uncharted territories life back which is like him and Aaron on Moya together being bosses you know Mm mm-hmm Or he could do the other thing that really defines who he is, which is looking for a way home, looking for a way back to Earth. And so it's interesting, like those two kind of dynamics are essentially polar opposites. Whereas if Aaron was on the ship with him, then it wouldn't be. Then he would just be pulled in one direction. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Toward her. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's an interesting kind of dynamic there that like that line is really revealing.
1: Yeah. And what he chooses to spend his time on now that he can't spend time with Aaron.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm.
1: And he even admits that he's obsessed with the wormholes, like he's I know I'm obsessive, but we should go back. I want to stay and, and keep looking for them, mm-hmm. and the rest of the crew is just like, they're bored, they're done. they wanna go find a planet and do something that's not staring at to an empty space, yeah, out into empty space, yeah, and it's what he's fixated on because that's you know what do you do? You find projects when you're out in space, right mm-hmm. or in life, you just find projects to latch onto, mm-hmm. and because he doesn't have a person to distract him, yeah. Yeah. it is an interesting dichotomy
0: so like you said the, the basin is now overflowing they all kind of had a seizure and lost time and then Jewel mentions that something similar kind of happened to her earlier and I want to play it mostly for Dargo's reaction I think but I'm not
2: sure but I think I may have lost time earlier before I changed into this I was running a soak and the water was warm instantaneously It was cold. Why didn't you tell us this? Well, I just thought it was a heating coil malfunction. Anything strange happened to you guys? I live on this ship. Something strange always happens.
1: Not like spasming. (laughs) Oh, Dario. Something strange always happens. That's why I love this episode. You get that sense of like, oh my gosh, here we go again we have had something like this happen 50 million times it always sucks and now we have to deal with another one (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it is just kind of that like ugh. okay whatever you know that's the feeling you get from dargo of like great another Mm -hmm. thing (laughs) yeah oh man it's that's hilarious so they realize that this point that they can't contact pilot so they all go up to the den and it turns out that some sort of space energy cop has taken over pilot and now he is saying that one of them has been possessed by what he calls a diseased rider when they passed through the energy field and he is trying to figure out which one it is but it's very painful for him to quote taste them and he essentially six them on each other or mm-hmm. tries to.
1: Yeah. And the reason he's possessing pilot is because he's apparently an adult of this energy rider species. And they, the longer they're in a, a host, the more damage they will do. Pilot is neurally sophisticated enough to handle it for longer than our four humanoid species in which one of the, the, the diseased rider is a younger one. So that's, you know, a little bit easier for them to be possessed. Or possess one of our crew. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then they, they, it's like the turning on each other thing, except it's kind of like this low-key turning on each
0: other. Yeah, because they don't actually do yeah do
1: you, so I, I was thinking of the contrast with the bug's life where you have all this suspicion i mean part of that was also because you have the marauder crew involved the peacekeepers so they were in conflict with and so you have everybody turning on each other you have alliances being made is it you is it not you let's point guns at each other mm-hmm. and here it's just like they're quizzing each other on their their life details mm-hmm. and you have Eventually you get Dargo and John walking down the hallway and they're like, you know, this is my wife, this is Milan, my son is Jothi, who slept with Chiana. And so Dargo has this little soap opera. Yeah. It's like, it's like soap digest. <laughs> and then you have John talking about his dad and losing his virginity to Karen Shaw in the back of a four by when he was 16 and Dargo was like, I was seven when I lost my virginity because boys. <laughs> and then they go and quiz Chiana who they find on ke- on command first. Mm-hmm. We really liked the, the questions that Dargo chooses to ask mm-hmm. that kind of call back to, to when Ch- Chiana first came aboard.
2: Chiana, what's your brother's name?
1: You know what my brother's name was?
2: Just answer the question. You were right. Couldn't even open a transport pod to see if... What's going on? Boys are plain detective. What, the thing in at this? You don't know the answer, do you? Nary. Okay, good. Good with the Nary. Now, question two. Did you, or did you not, kill Sarkis? His name was Salas,
0: and you don't even know if I killed him.
2: Yeah, well, you stay there.
0: <laughs> I love that it's like a good Easter egg if you have been watching since season one. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I really enjoy that, that exchange. If you've been watching since season one, you're like, oh yeah, is she, are they finally going to reveal it? And then it's like, no, <laughs> they're not. <laughs>
1: She knows that you don't know, and she's not gonna tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is a couple things in this episode, and we're gonna we're gonna play the jewel quote right now, but that just made me feel like I wondered who had written it because they have Chiana saying my brother's name was Neri, so it feels kind of like somebody that watched Taking the Stone, but then didn't watch Clockwork Nabari. Almost, do you know what I mean? Mm. Because I'm like, yeah, I
1: I didn't notice the tense change thing, but yeah, you know. Maybe.
0: Well, I don't know. It was just... And then the the thing with Jewel we're going to get into right now. But anyway, we just wanted to say, really good Easter egg, Farscape.
1: <laughs> also, I love Dargo just being like, okay, good. Good. You got the right question. <laughs> right answer to the question. I don't know. Anthony Simcoe just knocks it out of the park this episode. So they have basically cleared Shiana and then Jewel is standing right there. And so John and Dargo kind of turn on her like you know two predators turning on new prey and jewel is a little bit freaked out by that
2: that creature in pilot says whichever of us is infected won't know personal details none of you know anything personal about me i could make everything up i could lie well we know how you got frozen in the stasis chamber tell us and the truth Discovered a Norwegian gem Gemmine. The guards called me. They sold me to Grunchlick. End of pathetic story. And what about your cousins? How'd they get frozen? They waited in the village for me. <laughs> they got sick and... That is not what you told us before. I was lying before! I'm sorry, Princess. I think you just selected yourself, most likely. Have you found the infected? Yep take Joel. shut up chi no we haven't found that thing yet apologies must begin now do you suspect this female no they don't no 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 we need more time i'll try not to take long john we cannot let them take jewel i know i know hey just don't take anybody yet we don't try not to hurt much
0: it hurts a lot for poor it hurts a lot
1: and, it, you know, she starts shaking and vibrating and they do camera speed up. So it's, she's like vibrating really quickly and it's foaming at the mouth. And it's really horrible to watch, actually. She is clearly in devastating pain. There's a couple things going back to Jules' story, though, that I wanted to, to mention. I, I was trying to think what Jules originally told them about how she got into Grunschluck's and the diagnosis cryo chambers Mm -hmm. and isn't it that she was just like abducted while she was on vacation kind of thing
0: yeah it's that she was on a multi-planet tour and she was on vacation with her two cousins as like a birthday present Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: then she got abducted and then we assume it's because her cousins got sick during the journey so then they just sold all three of them in case all three of them were infected. and i don't know like this is actually Usually when Farscape does like secret reveals about characters' backstories, I'm like, ooh, yeah, sign me up. I am on board for it. But for some reason, this just rang really fake to me. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was like, the, the story that she's telling doesn't match up at all with the character that we've come to know, if that makes sense. I don't know.
1: For me, I do think that the vacation story is still true. Like, they were on vacation. It was a birthday present. They were hobbing around wherever. And then she found this mine, and it had basically jewels in it. And she wanted to have, steal some jewels. And it's just like, I don't know, the temptation was there, and she is, fell for it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's like, rich person wants to get richer. I don't know. Yeah. So, I know what you mean, though. It's like, she's, she comes across as, like, law-abiding, you know, very sa- smart, very scientific very upper level upper class mm-hmm. yeah I'm messing up my terms here but yeah but it's very upper class and so and so yeah it doesn't seem like it should be but on the other hand upper class people steal all the time yeah that's true you know and I don't
0: know I guess but maybe it's like the different kind of stealing do you know what I mean because it's like most of the time that's just like not paying taxes or hiding money I don't know
1: Winona Ryder got pinched for <laughs> shoplifting
0: yeah yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I I don't know. It was just something I think because maybe stealing from a gem mine is different than like it it's a lot different than like mm-hmm. stealing from a jewelry store, say. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like steal- and and also I think it's because I keep going back to like Eat Me when they have that line where she's like, "We don't have violence on our planet." And mm-hmm. then I'm kind of like Okay, so you've got you don't have violence, but you're okay like doing something that's like really, really hard physical labor of like stealing from a gem mine?
1: Well, if it had guards, then presumably it was already mined. And she could actually just take stuff that was already mined, you know? Mm. Or maybe there was a gift shop. I don't know. I, I see your point, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to work it into how it would actually work with the character. Yeah.
0: I mean, and the other thing is like, I just don't remember if they ever even bring it up again. And I mean, I I'll be curious so. if they do, because her story makes more sense to me when it is just, I was on vacation and, you know, we essentially got kidnapped mm-hmm. and, you know, our livers got stolen. Because then I'm also like, well, how would she know that they were going to sell her to Grunschlick? <laughs> Unless Grunschlick himself put her in the freezer.
1: Well, she could have been, yeah, that was my read on it, that the guards found them, they sold her to Grunschlick, and then he put them in. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like she was in handcuffs for the transaction. Yeah. So, I tend to see it as that good kid gone bad kind of thing. Like, we don't like to believe it of things, but they do that all the, you know, it happens. They usually get away with it. So, in this case, she got caught and had to pay a really awful price for it. Yeah. Or an out-of-proportion price.
0: I w- I will be honest. I think that there were other reveals that they could have done. Mm-hmm. And also it's really stupid to like it's really stupid to tell people like when they're quizzing you on the things that they do know about <laughs> you to reveal a right. story that they did not know about you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that said, I mean, I think John and Dargo do believe her, you know, or at least they don't want her to they don't want to believe that she is the one infected, or even if they kind of do, they don't want her to get hurt. So that's what I like about the end of that quote, when the energy rider cop is saying, oh, you think it's her? I'm going to interrogate her now with this tasting thing, which does the the basically the seizure. And John and Dargo are like, no, we don't know yet. We can't confirm this. We we don't want her to be hurt. Don't touch her. Don't touch her. Mm-hmm. Whereas Chiana's like, yep, it's her.
0: Yeah. And and actually, the show has done a couple things to like indicate that it might be Jewel. And one was that when they were walking back from Pilot's den, Jewel starts to go the wrong way. And then John mm-hmm. is like, hey, Jewel, wrong way. And then she follows them, you know. So right. it is, the episode has been dropping g- breadcrumbs that it might be Jewel. But then it turns out it's not Jewel. Right. And she was just lost because Moya is a big ship. Yeah. <laughs> and so pilot, the pilot energy writer comes back and is like, it wasn't in her, or if it was in her, I couldn't taste it. So, so now I have to taste
1: all of you. Yeah. And no one is happy about that.
0: So then John comes up with a plan, and there's a lot of things I like in this in this like next bit, which is that he, sa- he says to Dargo, okay, Dargo, you're going to come with me. And then Shiana's like, well, I'm coming too. And then he's like, no, somebody's got to stay with Jewel. And then this is like the perpetual thing that they always do to poor Chiana, which is like... No, Chiana has to stay with the unconscious body, dying body, <laughs> jewel. <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And this time, though, she's like, no. And Darg was like, look, I'll stay. And so Chiana does get to go off and have adventures with John and not be the girl relegated to ministering to the sick mm-hmm. and helpless. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. And I feel like the show has been acknowledging that it's stupid and unfair, like, because it's been commented on several times. Mm -hmm. And now they've finally kind of paid that off with, like, okay, she's going to be going with John to Mm -hmm. find a DRD, in fact. And I think it ends up being that DRD, again, that he's been messing with all episode. Mm -hmm. And he's using the DRD because he's, like you know, Pilot is not the only living creature on this ship. Mm -hmm. Our ship is a living creature, and she can help us out. So they're using the DRD to talk to Moya. And I love this little bit because he, like, asks a question, and then the DRD starts chirping at him. And then John's, like, looks at Chiana and is like, do you understand this R2-D2 craft? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, we're going Star Trek. (laughs) One blink for yes and two blinks for no. And so they do yes-no questions with the DRD to talk who is – the channel through which Moya is talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Those little bits of, of culture that come back through sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, and what's awesome to me is that Moya is a hundred percent aware of what's going on with pilot and she is scared out of her mind by it. Yeah. She is like, yeah, she is really, really, really freaked out at what's going on with pilot. And it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of see that. And then the only way we really get that message is through this DRD. Because mm-hmm. essentially, John is like, "Okay, are you, you know, you aware of what's going on with Pilot?" And the DRD is like, "Yes." And then he's like, "Okay, well, could are you going to help us?" And the DRD is like, "Hell yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah." And so uh, the DRD leads them to a place where a Pilot actually doesn't have any nerves or sensors; so he he can't detect it. And it's this chamber below the neural cluster, and it's they figure out where Starburst, the energy for Starburst, coalesces, mm-hmm. and so. Moya brought them there and had them turn on a little bit of starburst energy, not enough to kill them, but just a little bit. And it reveals the energy rider who is actually in Shiana. And the energy rider basically makes his defense to John. You know, it's like, I just want to be free. You know, I'm going to get killed. Names the cop who is Trellop, I think. Mm -hmm. And is like, I don't want to die. You know, all those sorts of things. Trying to make a play for his life.
0: The energy writer gives John like a little orgasm. And it's Mm -hmm. actually really hilarious because she's like, the other guy only provides pain, but I provide pleasure. So clearly that means that I'm telling the truth and he's lying. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually a really good little moment because like it is for a brief time because this episode is really quick on its feet. It doesn't it doesn't really let a lot of these beats like have full landings, but essentially it's like hey, I only give pleasure, so I must be telling the truth. And so she shows that by giving John quite a bit of pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then John leaves her there, and he goes to find the rest of them to try and discuss what they're going to do. And then he runs into, like, the little DRD again. And he's like, so, hey, if it turns out that the other guy is is lying, do you still want me to turn, a, turn her over? And the DRD is like, yes.
1: Yeah. Moya wants Pilot back. Like, that is all Moya wants She's like you will do whatever it takes to get him back that means turning over the energy rider mm-hmm. the rogue one to the bad one or the one that's in pilot the cop then you do that like we don't care what's going on with these guys we just want pilot back
0: yeah which is when you think about it that's a really sweet sweet it's a sweet feeling because we we know how Mm -hmm. pilot feels about moya but they do have this backstory where you know he was involved in the death of her first pilot and then they've had this thing where like he ripped out all the connections so they've finally been able to heal together and have like an an organic connection i don't know it just made me really it really warmed my heart this is one of those moments i'm talking about where it's like just the sensitive moments between characters
1: yeah, and the fact that this Moya is also just fantastic because we don't get to see her directly speaking to the crew that often. She's almost always speaking through pilot. Mm-hmm. And every, every once in a while we get these unfiltered moments and you just kind of get this sense of this ship or at least I feel like this sense of the ship who just loves pilot and she likes her crew and she just wants everybody to be safe mm-hmm. and t- to be in a good place and not be doing all these crazy things that they end up always doing you know?
0: <laughs> and she's like just get me pilot back yes yes so John and Darko are discussing what to do and Jewel meanwhile who has woken up and has experienced the energy writers thing she's like hell no we are turning over the creature inside Gianna and at first mm-hmm. you have very little empathy for her doing that because you're kind of like because I, I, you're kind of like, oh, Jewel, how selfish, like blah, blah, blah. And so she essentially goes and she takes Chiana by gunpoint out into the main ship so that the pilot can sense her while the pilot is eating or tasting Dargo because Dargo and John have gone to try and make a deal where they're like, go back to your energy writer pals and we'll turn her over. Right.
1: And can I just point out that this is another great one liner from Dargo? And he's like, the Talap, the the cop in Pilot is like, Well, how can I trust you? And Dargo says, This plan is so bad that it has to be ours. Yes. <laughs> and it's not the and not a trap set by the energy rider. <laughs>
0: oh man, it's so good. Dargo's great this episode.
1: So now Dargo
0: is being tasted
1: and doing the seizure thing that Jewel went through. And Shiana knocks the gun out of Jules' hand and and John is there and then Shiana being uh, possessed gets both of them by their throats and mm-hmm. turns out that, yeah, really is not a good thing to have possessing you. It really wants to be free, really is diseased or at least not having the good intentions of the crew at heart and, you know, just bad news all around.
0: Yeah. And I want to point out that, like, the voice that they use for, like, the baby energy writer or, like, the diseased energy writer, it's it really reminded me of, like, Nell from that movie. Yes!
1: Jodie Foster. I think it's called Nell. But, yeah, it's, yeah, where she grew up with, like, a second twin language Mm -hmm. and is very accented and, yeah, yeah. I had that exact same thought.
0: I was like, huh, okay, that's an interesting (laughs) choice. (laughs) And actually, weirdly enough, I found it like that was actually the most distracting thing about it for me was I kept being like, this is like Nell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I did like that they distinguished the voice from from Shiana's normal
0: voice a lot. That
1: was really good.
0: Yeah. Although, I don't know. I mean, I think there is something to be said if they had managed to do it like in Shiana's voice, because I think that would have made it freakier, you know, the same way that it was Pretty freaky. When in a bug's life, they'd managed to also speak in his own voice, but um, there was something actually kind of funny about this, which is like a logical, uh, like a logical fallacy that I don't know if I want to point out because I think it'll wreck most of the episode. So the premise is that the creature is too young to fully take over a body yet, but then we're supposed to be like, oh, okay, but it has taken over the body enough to be functional and not know the history of the person it was i don't know it was like just enough that i was like huh this doesn't like only when i'm thinking about it later i'm like that doesn't make sense that the creature hasn't taken over the body but then they're using the premise that the creature has taken over the body
1: yeah i don't well i mean it could be one of those things where they have taken over the body enough and maybe it's not like consciously but there's subconsciously stuff going on I don't know. I've chalked that up to alienness, and we just didn't know enough information. Okay. And there's variances between species and whatnot because clearly it it knew some of the private stuff that Shiana knew, but at the same time, she seemed to be mostly in control until suddenly she wasn't in control. So it's like one of those back and forth things. Okay. So in desperation, maybe that could do something because it was going to be shot or taken back to talip so maybe in a fit of desperation it can it could take over or something like that
0: yeah so talip shows up eats the energy being destroys the energy being but then he immediately goes back to pilot and this is another moment i want to point out as like really sensitive and that i really enjoyed and it was that afterwards chiana has collapsed and jewel comes over and she's just cradling chiana Yeah. And it's like she's, you know, like petting her hair and just like cradling her and like soothing her. It made me more sympathetic to Jewel because I was like, it wasn't about Jewel just being like, I got messed up. So now I'm going to make sure everybody is messed up and like that sort of thing. It goes back to the fact that Jewel understood that the creature like really wasn't good news.
1: Mm -hmm. And that he hurt chiana like really badly and mm-hmm. she had just gone through that kind of pain it's a real moment of empathy from jewel and we don't see that a lot from her in a lot of other situations because she's so like oh i'm superior i don't like you guys mm-hmm. but here she's really really getting viscerally where chiana's at and she just takes care of her and it really is beautiful to watch And mm-hmm. it's, it's a really really lovely character note for jewel that she does fundamentally fundamentally feel for other people too
0: yeah yeah So then, really quickly, they discover that now the cop has gone rogue, because now the cop has enjoyed (laughs) the taste of pilot flesh, and so...
1: And now the and he is like starting to do instead of being like all about the pain, now he's all about the pleasure. <laughs> and John has a com- comment of like, you'll go blind if you keep doing that <laughs> referring to like masturbation. So it's it's the blissed out uh rider and pilot that they now have to get rid of. And they have to do it in a secret because obviously he's in pilot and he has sensors everywhere on the ship.
0: Mm-hmm. So they come up with a ragtag plan which involves Jewel and Dargo doing things together to make it seem like Pilot's body is rejecting the energy rider. Mm, They're in the neural cluster making that happen. And then Chiana has to be down in the secret room they discovered and she and the DRD Pike which is what they call him.
1: After Captain Pike
0: from or Admiral Pike from Star Trek. Yep. And so they are going to create an artificial starburst and the problem is that john is like okay as soon as you do this you're gonna have 10 seconds to get out of the room but poor Chiana is like, she physically can't move and she keeps falling unconscious.
1: She's exhausted from what she just went through. And like all the energy has been sucked out of her body. And the DRD keeps begging her to wake her up.
0: I know, right? And John's like, okay, good luck. And so then John goes, has a face face off with the guy where he convinces him to move out of Pilot's body and move into Moya's body. And then they zap him with the starburst and he gets destroyed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's another one of those team moments where they all kind of come together at the end to to execute the plan, and they execute it fairly well. I mean, Chiana was falling asleep, so that's like the little cut to commercial attention of like mm-hmm. she's asleep what's gonna happen but it all works out you know you have them synchronizing their their comm badges so they don't have to talk over them mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's like picture if you will when when aaron is like listening to zan and zan says go and aaron goes and it's just like this this mm-hmm. when the crew works together it's just so much fun to watch and see how they pull it off and and save themselves and pilot and moya
0: yeah yeah well and especially because it's got like Dargo and Jewel and they're they're silently coming up with this plan and I don't know yeah it just feels really good like this is one of those moments of like found family that Farscape really gets well
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so the tag of the episode is we're in the center chamber Chiana is still exhausted she's got she's got her head on the table and actually let's just play it
2: Pilot, put the claws away. We can function without Moya being perfect for a while. I can't stop. There are hundreds of little things not working right in her. I feel like I had a spiritual anima. Well, take a break, dude. Unless anybody wants to go look for the Three Stooges broadcast again. That's a no. Take the rest. Hey, Doc. How come I bled and you guys didn't? Well, that's obvious. You bled because you're an irritating and inferior species. Good night. Good night. Jenna. you had that thing in you longer than any of the rest of us. You feel any different? No. I just feel like Veg. Dargo, you still in the cluster? No, he's not down there. He's here. No, he's down in the cluster. How did you know that? What? How did you know what? No, don't don't tell me. I don't really wanna no. I just wanna s get some sleep.
1: Oh, they're also domestic at the end. Mm-hmm.
0: And like Chiana has a little bit of prescience, so we're gonna need to keep an eye on that. Yep, I just love John's reaction. It's like, how do you wait, I really don't wanna know. I'm just gonna go to bed. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And I love poor Pilot. It's like somebody else was in his house, and so now he needs to, like, fix everything.
1: Yeah, and he can't go to sleep until it's all done. And I love Jewel just, like, being like, it's because you're inferior and you're irritating. That's why you were bleeding, John. It's just (laughs)
0: such a catty thing to say. (laughs) Oh, man. Actually, and I do want to point out that something else about John thinking that he was the clone, if John thought that he was the clone... And then he was just randomly bleeding through his skin. That usually indicates like a cellular breakdown, a massive cellular breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. So then my question was kind of like earlier in the episode when he's so obsessed with like, you guys have to look at me and you guys have to pay attention to me. Some of that must have just been like the gut reaction fear to like, my body is breaking down.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah, and like, where's his blood coming from? And he did wake up in a massive pool of blood after that first instance. Yeah. So you can't really blame him for that.
0: So that's the episode.
1: Well, that's the A-line of the episode. Yes. We need to go back and talk about Scorpius. Yes. So meanwhile, we have had, uh, while all this is happening on Boya, we have had these cuts to Scorpius, wherever he is, looking at a wormhole that they have created or found out in deep space. I think they've found it. I don't think they've created it. I think that's right. It's not super clear, but that I think that is right also. And as we mentioned, he has been using the neural chip to get the wormhole information from John Crichton. And we've seen a little bit of that. And one of the things that that comes up is is the reason he was interrupted and woken up was because the the prowler that they sent out on like autopilot has come back and this, has like full integrity, like everything was green on it, and it wasn't mm-hmm. having whatever problems they were having before. And one of the peacekeepers who is working for Scorpius now is like, okay, time for
0: sebation trials. Well, I, I want to describe the team really quickly because we know that yeah. peacekeepers are incredibly xenophobic, and so. Scorpius himself has clearly had to struggle a lot with the fact that he's part, he's part Scarin. And so the team he has working on the wormholes are these two alien creatures and then this one peacekeeper. And that peacekeeper clearly thinks that he is superior to Scorpius.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in the tone of his voice. It's in how he addresses Scorpius and Scorpius lets himself hang, lets him hang himself with it,
0: which is what Scorpius likes to do. We've seen him do mm-hmm. it multiple times, and I find it one of, and in most cases, I find it the most pleasurable part about watching him.
1: <laughs> I'm like, yeah. It's really great watching him when he, well, I love Wayne Pigram's performance, first of all, and second of all, I just love Scorpio as a character, but it's definitely fun watching him pull one over on all of the people who think that he is lesser than they are.
0: Mm-hmm. So, the guy is like, it's time for, it's time for um, biological trials. You brought me here. And so now you're going to do what I say. Like, that's kind of his attitude of like, Mm -hmm. I am better than you and I know better than you. And if Scorpius, the dude who thinks that like the best way to get information is by chopping up people's brains until you find out what you want. If Scorpius is like, Let's have some patience here. Let's make sure we've got all the trials right. Let's, you know, let's figure out everything before we do a biological trial. Then I'm like, then clearly there's a reason to wait. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So they send a biological trial in because Scorpius is like, fine, you want to send a biological trial? Find a pilot and send a pilot.
1: So they do. So they do. And then the pilot comes back and is like, why isn't he responding? I'm sure everything's fine, says Dilik, who is our peacekeeper snob the one who thinks he's better than scorpius and so he opens the hatch and this red goo oozes out <laughs> and there is no pilot because the pilot is now the goo
0: yes and this is
1: this is scorpius's reaction your pilot's integrity is um
2: well it is definitely not intact there must be a malfunction in the negative shield deployment. It, this will never happen again. Oh, it'll happen once more. Instructor Drillick will pilot the next trial. Wash out the Prowler for immediate deployment. Scorpius, I'm not flying the next trial. I'm afraid, but uh, Brecker would insist. Drillick is project leader He... Then what is your name? Streffer. Kokura Streffer. Strapper. Well, Strapper. You are now project leader. And perhaps. Now that you know what to expect, you can discover exactly what went wrong here. Yes. Scorpius, we had to run salvation trials. It was time.
1: Don't don't send me. Scorpius! And you can just imagine if Drillic in the Prowler tries to run away from going through the wormhole to his certain death, that he will just get shot out of the sky. Yep. And he's going to die one way or
0: the other. I, yeah i just again i love this scorpius the one that's like well it is gonna happen once more <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be you because
1: i am pissed off and i love how he promotes the alien scientist mm-hmm. you know he's just like well well now you're in charge because he's cool like that he could he has no problem with aliens being in charge of the science because also now he knows what the consequences are yeah
0: i was gonna be like it's you know i, I would not want a field promotion <laughs> under scorpius <laughs> no way <laughs> because you know what the the consequences of failure well the, what the consequences are of questioning scorpius and then failing
1: mm-hmm. and then the only person who seems to have done well with the promotion under scorpius is lieutenant bracca mm-hmm. who is still at his side he is enforcing all of scorpius's edicts and we get kind of a nice little scene between scorpius and bracca a little bit later And Scorpius is like shooting something into his chin. It's like it's not into his his heat system. So it's like, is he doing drugs or is it aspirin?
0: (laughs) Well, I I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that, number one, it's something he's not supposed to be doing because Bracca's reaction when he comes in and he sees it is like that really uncomfortable reaction of like seeing something that you clearly are not supposed to see. But then Scorpius kind of uses it to his advantage because he's like, no, stay because mm-hmm. Bracca again the way that he the way that Scorpius tends to manipulate Bracca is by forcing him up to his boundaries and then Scorpius just like frog marches him past his boundaries so then now Bracca has new boundaries and is even closer to Scorpius and we've seen Mm -hmm. him do this a lot when during the episodes with Grunschlick you know and we saw him do it a lot with Krace when Scorpius Mm -hmm. was taking power away from Krace it was like he pushes Bracca right up until you can see Bracca is getting really uncomfortable and then he just keeps going and that's what happens here like Bracca walks in and he's like really uncomfortable and he's like oh I'll come back and Scorpius is like no stay and watch me shoot up this drug (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. And this is kind of the heart of why we're visiting with Scorpius in this episode. So I'm going to play the clip, and then we can discuss.
2: Do you know why you're my second-in-command, Bracca? No, sir. Because you don't ask questions. But have you ever asked yourself, Bracca? Why do they give us so much rain? Mm. Chasing crite, researching wormholes. Well, like you said, sir, I don't question High Command. Would it surprise you to learn that the Skarrans are planning a massive assault against us, but they haven't? Because? Because they fear our hidden wormhole weapons. We have no hidden weapons. We lied. And I think the Skarrans are beginning to suspect that. High Command reports but they've been massing armies. My latest estimates, Scadron warriors outnumber peacekeeper soldiers. Ten to one. But even when they attack, we will lose Bracker. Unless we harness a superior weapon. Yes. Well-mold technology without it. The Sabatian race will be overrun. Thousands of cycles of history gone. There's so little time. Sometimes I feel it is already inevitable.
1: So this is something that I feel like the show has been moving toward revealing for a while about the threat of the Scarens against the Peacekeepers. We saw the Scarens introduced and look at the princess. Mm -hmm. We saw our first one and look at the princess. We saw the threat that they posed to John about the information that Scorpius wanted and won't get fooled again in season two. And so they've been posed as an enemy as, you know, in opposition to the Peacekeepers. But here we find out just how big a threat they actually are. And as far as motivations for Scorpius go, I mean, it's a pretty good motivator for, for screwing with John and torturing him and getting information out of his brain Mm -hmm. like they are at an existential crisis a species crisis if they have this war with the scarans like the scarans will wipe them out and they the high command peacekeeper high command and all the planets they protect protect in known space are at risk of a scaran invasion Mm -hmm. of 10 to 1 imbalance of the scaran forces to their own Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty big threat
0: yeah. Like you said, they've been building up to this for a while, but even at the end of, yeah, at the end of season two, beginning of season three, when they're, they have the fake Scorpius and he's talking to Crace and he's like, the information I have on this chip could help save the Sebations. And even you must still have that loyalty to your species kind of thing. And, you know, then, but Crace is just so mad. He just blasts him out of the sky anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, it really does mean that Scorpius wasn't wasn't lying. This is possibly a species-ending event.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you really we really start to see why Scorpius is the way he is about getting wormhole information because the Sebations, the Peacekeeper High Command, have used that as a threat to keep the invasion from starting. Mm-hmm. And so far, the bluff has worked, but they're about to get called on it. Yeah. And so he has to be ready, and he has to deliver the wormhole weapons to peacekeeper high command Mm -hmm. is it is of the utmost importance to him as he would probably say
0: yeah i don't know what kind of makes me think about this is okay so they kill off all the peacekeepers but peacekeepers have their fingers in so many pies that this wouldn't just be the scarans versus the peacekeepers it would be scarans versus the peacekeepers versus the hynerians versus the luxons versus you know every other species that the peacekeepers Mm -hmm. are also involved with
1: Right, because they are essentially the police force for all these different planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a it would be a huge collapse of the known c- civilization, right mm-hmm. in the in the trade worlds where you know obviously we're in the uncharted territories outside of that, but but for all the well established empires and planetary systems and sebastian colonies and mm-hmm. you know they are all affected would all be affected by this war as well.
0: Yeah. So we end on that kind of like, dun, dun, dun. At least that mm-hmm. plotline does. The episode actually ends with that more homey, you know, give everybody a hug Moya scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the episode? What would you give it? I really liked it. I would give it a
1: three and a half four. It's very solid. It's got great character moments. It's you know, we just talked about, like, all the little moments that really held it together with Jewel and Shiana and Shiana and John and Dargoge being, like, helpful and non-helpful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I really liked it.
0: Yeah. I, it's like a three for me. You know, it's a really solid episode. Not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. But also an episode that I was kind of like, I, I'd i apparently just completely forgotten it. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's that.
1: But, yeah, it's a very, it's a very you know story
0: of the week kind of episode Mm -hmm. but there's a lot going for it in wardrobe watch john is wearing this like gray shirt that zips up like all the way like from his navel to his neck which i'm like another shirt we've never seen before interesting
1: no we saw this one this is the one he changed into in the sharing uh thanks for sharing it is are you sure i thought that one had buttons nope oh okay no it's the same shirt it's the one to denote that he is the the twin on Moya. And then
0: Jewel is wearing a long skirt with two slits that go like way up to her, um, like way up her thighs. Mm-hmm. And
1: a halter top.
0: And a halter top. And she yep. looks pretty good. Although, I mean, I'll be honest, skirts that length with like slits like that, you always end up kicking them as you walk. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that must have been very irritating for the actress. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's very clearly the like the sexy woman costume because she has a bare midriff, slits all the way up her legs. Yeah. So, but it's fine. She pulls it off yeah. as Jewel. You could see it being in character for her. Yep. Dargo and Chiana are in the same things. Pilot is wearing an energy rider. It is kind of creepy with the puppetry because they're really good at you know, changing his his persona when he is being when Pilot the puppet is playing another character. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And Scorpius and the Peacekeepers are all in their usual Peacekeeper outfits. Yep. All right. So what do we have next week? So next week we have Relativity, which takes us back to Talon and the
0: part of the crew that is there. All right. So if you would like to get in contact with us and let us know what you thought of losing time. Our email address is Farscape Friday Podcast at gmail.com. We are also Farscape Friday Podcast on DreamWidth and Tumblr. We are Farscape Friday on Twitter. You can hit us up in any of those locations and we will get back to you. And we will see you next week.
1: Bye.